Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome aboard on a beautiful Friday afternoon to another episode of the State News Sports Podcast. Casey Harrison taking you along for the ride with Stephen Olshansky. And boy, we've got a lot to talk about today, Stephen. Um, I don't know. Did you watch that college football playoff? Or it wasn't a playoff game, but it killed the playoff implications for Louisville last night. Uh, no, I was being a good student and doing some homework, so I didn't get really get to, a chance to watch it, but I, I was... You know, going through it on on Twitter and and watching just Houston lay the lay the wood all over Louisville like that was kind of a, I it makes me I guess that that's one less team we have to worry about in the college football playoff, but it also makes me, um, you know, like I thought Louisville, I think a lot of us thought Louisville might be the real deal, but you know, you'd heard me say it over and over again on this pod, on, on this podcast, like if Lamar Jackson is hurt, Lamar Jackson. Um, isn't on Louisville. Louisville's a bad team. And when you hold Lamar Jackson to whatever they held him to last night, yeah, they're they're not they're not good. They're Louisville. They're not they're not good. And you you saw that obviously they're they're one of the what seems to be a, a faker in college football. Yeah, because that's if you're going to compete for a national title game, you go down and win those games. They it was very much like the game last week against Washington and USC. I mean, they were exposed. And uh, that's the difference between you and me. You're you're a good student doing your homework. I yeah. I Mister, I stay up till four a.m. <laughs> for an eight hundred word assignment. Listen, that that's that's you started a, at midnight. That's a different story. Um, anyway, uh, so that kind of shapes. I don't know. Does that affect the Heisman race at all? Uh, um, I well, certainly. I mean, you got to look at his numbers, which are you know, which are you know, they what went twenty of forty three last night. With 211 yards and just a touchdown, which are to him, those are those are mundane human numbers. With Lamar Jackson, who's practically been Superman all year for Louisville, and we've said it over and over again that Louisville, like I said earlier, like Louisville without Lamar Jackson isn't very good. And when you take away, when you cut off the the head of the snake, it's not a hydra. It's not going to grow back twofold. Oh, so, yeah. you know they they were bad. They, they looked bad last night and there's no way they're going to get in now. And if you're going to consider Oklahoma to get into the college football playoff, you have to kind of look at Houston. We're both nine and two, Oklahoma and Houston, are both nine and two with Houston having beat Oklahoma at the beginning of the year. And so you, um, so if you're going to, it, it's going to shape the college football playoff race in, in, in big ways. I mean, now you could be looking at two big 10 teams in the college football playoff, depending on how bad, if Michigan loses badly to Ohio State or Ohio State loses badly to Michigan, especially if Mich- Ohio State loses badly to Michigan uh, at home. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> in no Columbus, way. Yeah, there would be no way Ohio State would get in. If Michigan gets blown out by Ohio State, there's no way Ohio State gets in. Or if Michigan gets <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. If, if Ohio State blows out Michigan, there's no way Michigan gets in. I if mean, it's close, I can see the argument of wanting to put them in there. I've been trying to think about a more chaotic year in college football. I can't. I. This has seriously been... One of the most oh, entertaining. one of the playoff years, yeah. Yeah, and I mean... Well, this is only, what, our third year in the playoff? The sheer just excitement of it. It's like, it. we said it last week, it's unscripted drama, and it's it's like just watching a thrilling TV show. It's absolutely amazing what's been happening this year. And you said you wanted to talk a little bit about the college football playoff a little bit more. You said you had a... Oh yeah, we were talking a little bit. Yeah, we were talking about this before because I had said, well, you can't. You have to reward conference champions, but if you look at it, it, you can lose your division in many sports and still win championships. Think about Michigan State. It's like the wild card. Yeah. Well, hear me out here. Michigan State did not win the Big Ten in college basketball last year 
were they the best team in the Big Ten? Yes. Probably, arguably, yeah. Indiana won it. And if it wasn't for Valentine, you know, going out while Michigan State had to go through its growing pains there, Michigan State probably wins the Big Ten. But they didn't win the Big Ten last year, yet they were probably the favorite to win the national title game. And that's kind of the beauty of college basketball. And so why can't it apply to sports like this? College football, think about it. The NFL, you can finish second in your division, still make the playoffs in the wild card, have been the better team for the second half of the season, and still you know, still win the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. And uh, that, that's a very good point because there have been times, uh, I, I know the Tigers were the one in 2006, and so were the St. Louis Cardinals. They were, wild, they were both wild card teams, I, I believe. Uh, I know the Tigers were. And I, I think it was the first time in the modern era um, since – the 1997 realignment that a wild card team had make it, made it to the World Series, and that's that's a really good point. I didn't think about that before. Because right. uh, would you? Because if you look at who stacks up with Penn State, right? Like okay, so like Penn, let's say Penn State wins out the Big Ten. They win out because Michigan loses Ohio State, and so it would be Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan would be the top three of the Big Ten, and well, Penn State beats Wisconsin. Or Wisconsin beats, look, we'll just go with Penn State beats Wisconsin. You're going to tell me that Penn State is able to beat Alabama or who, who are the Big Ten of the, those three? Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin is the best chance of beating Alabama, Clemson, or. I'd say Ohio State. Right. You would say Michigan or Ohio State is a better shot at beating Penn State. Penn State, when you look at it, is not that good. And the top 10 right now is not very good either. Colorado is definitely not that good. You you look at you have to look at um, a lot of these things and where rankings sometimes can be subjective. And when we lose, we always we always you know not reward teams for losing. Obviously, I mean you wouldn't you have to usually. I mean let let me put it to you this way: usually your conference champion is the best team in the conference. Correct? Oh yeah, correct. If Penn State doesn't have a blocked field goal or a blocked you know extra point field goal, um. Ohio State beats Penn State, right? Yeah, and we're not talking about this. See, when you have fluky little losses like that, I mean, you can't you can't knock Ohio State and say, "Oh, they're just worse than Penn State." When they you know let Penn State hang around, even though they're the better team for much of that game. Like USC has three losses, but were they better than Washington? Yes. If you watch the game, they they threw Washington around. That was nowhere. That wasn't even close. When you go and walk into Washington and lay a double digit beatdown on them. So you're going to tell me that Washington is the best team in the Pac-12? I would argue USC is outside of those three losses. Because you know what? A lot, a huge, think about this. You lose by 50 points to Alabama in the oh, opening yeah. game of the year. What does that do to your psyche for the next two weeks? And uh, <laughs> and so, so when you start losing like that, um, and until so you really figure yourself out, you know, it's... You only have 12 weeks to find that, like, right. your identity as a team to do that in such a short amount of time especially when you have a tough schedule it that's what i don't really like about college football and football in general is because the season is so short um your your fate is determined so early and it's so detrimental to have a phenomenal record especially in college football you would have hated the 80s oh yeah i only played 10 games buddy (laughs) yeah exactly that's that's why i've always liked baseball because when over the course of 162 games right that's when you find out who exactly is real and who isn't. So, the, yeah, I mean, you can argue that we need more games or you need an eight-team college football playoff. However, no, but it would. I mean, I, I'm not advocating that 
we extend the college football season because hell, these kids are barely in class enough as it is. Yeah, they're very. They're very let's get this out there that they're very much athletes and they're not student athletes, no matter what anybody really says. Yeah. Um, let's say because sitting in the press box yesterday, <laughs> sitting in the press box covering the, the soccer game yesterday. Wow, you're soccer fancy. Game with, who who aside, sent you out to that one? Uh, you did, sir. And. Um, you know, I'm sitting there, and they have to do their NCAA announcements, you know, right? And the NCAA is like, for the love of our student-athletes, and yada, you can just hear it in there. They're lacing student-athletes into, like, every program. Because they're, they're trying to sell you their propaganda that these kids stay in school. Or that these kids... Yeah, just ask uh, Deontay the, Davis. Yeah. Just ask Miles Bridges at the end of the year. <laughs> Great student-athletes. Yeah. Because um, they're not In students. it for the degree. Oh, yeah. They're, in it for the bright future. I mean, God bless. I mean, if I had a chance to make a million dollars next year. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, the economically imagine, viable imagine thing to do. all of the newspapers in the country got together and were like, hey, let's have a draft. Yeah. And I was somehow a... Um, Steven's a draft-eligible reporter. I'm a, yeah, somehow I'm a draft-eligible reporter or something. Yeah, I'm somehow some phenomenal reporter. Let's say I had, like, if, let's say I was somehow the report, I had the reporting skills of, like, uh, what, I guess, like, who do you think is the like epitome of a journalist here? The yeah. epitome of a journalist? Uh, we talked to Mr. Steve Eater yesterday <laughs> of the New so, York yeah, Times. Let's say, let's say I'm, I'm Steve Eater, but in college, right? And the draft comes around in the New York Times or, or uh, the Washington Post has like the number four pick or something. They had a down year. They didn't win a Pulitzer that year, right? So they have been on a Pulitzer drought, right? And then they go, hey, but the fourth pick, Steven, we'd like to take you. And we'd like to draft you as part of our team. And they were like, we're going to pay you. Uh, let's just be realistic. They were like, yeah, we'll pay you like 50 grand next year. And you can work your way through the, there's no, no trade clause. There's no layoff clause or something. It's so like two years. I'm going to be making 50 grand. And if I do well, you know, they'll bump it up to like 75 or something. Do you think I would be like, yeah, I'm staying in school? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so think of like, uh, none of these guys. are. I'd probably go guys. as an undrafted uh, free agent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> find myself in the market that way. Exactly. So you just you kind of you kind of roll your eyes at you know I'm sitting there and they're always like, "Are oh, student athletes and the welfare of our student athletes?" I'm like, they try to make these games seem really moral. Like the NCAA is somehow the epitome of uh, of the epitome of morality when you got Baylor. And, hey, second only to the NFL. <laughs> when you got Baylor and you got things at Penn State and they only let's take away some scholarships and make sure you can't go to a bowl game every once in a while. God damn it. It's um. Anyway, where where were we going with this? We got off track. Well, uh, let's change the subject here. We talked about Ohio State a little bit, and they're coming to East Lansing. Uh, Uncle Urban, I think he's going to be looking for some retribution for last year. Uh, it's not going to be a pretty game. Yeah, I said the Michigan game was going to be a molly whopping. This is really going to be a molly whopping. Uh, it's going to be two different cases because it's it's not a quote unquote rivalry game with this one because oh. these two teams might hate each other, but it's only been a relatively short lived. Rivalry a time where they've been yeah. affected each other. So I think when we come back from the break, we'll knock it out. Welcome back, everybody. Steven, let's get into it. Uncle Uncle Urban's mad. He he's like that guy at the Christmas party. Uh, well, he's not the guy. He's the drunk, angry uncle. And he's coming to you, you lay an absolute him. beat down. He's the drunk, angry uncle, and you cut him off about two beers ago. Oh yeah, because he didn't give him what he wanted. But he's still mad because <laughs> he didn't get what he wanted. <laughs> yeah, when you uh, oh, when you ruin uncle, or when you ruin Urban Meyer's season in Columbus, I'm sure he's been thinking about even 
I'm sure he thought Michigan State would be much better and that this would probably be a little sweeter and that he probably wouldn't lose to Penn State. He'll still take what he can get, though. Oh, he's going to lay the beat down. I mean... However, you know, like, it was... I think I kind of learned from when I picked Michigan, Michigan State, that that maybe perhaps Michigan State... Yeah, they like like we we found out they like to pick and choose when they show up, and with a bunch of Ohio kids on this team at Michigan State, they're gonna pick and choose when they show up, and so this game, they're gonna show up for. Are they gonna be some sort of world beaters or anything? The weather might help like it did in Columbus last year, because the weather I think is a high of forty one. High of forty one with like a fifty percent chance of a rain snow mix. So you know, a lot of JT. Yeah, it's Barrett supposed to snow not. tomorrow. Knock on wood for that. I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I'm take me back to today. In fact, when it's going to be a high of 68. Welcome to Michigan. That is pure Michigan weather oh, for tomorrow, you. Tomorrow, yeah, it's 41. And I think Ohio State will beat Michigan State pretty handily. There's no um, if ands or buts about that one. Michigan State will they show up? Probably score some points like they did against Michigan. Yeah. Um, will Ohio State? pretty much just lay train on on Michigan State. Yeah. I think if JT Barrett gives if the weather holds a little bit off for Ohio State and JT Barrett's able to rain bombs, they're gonna target Demetrius Cox's side the whole game. Oh yeah. They're gonna expose Demetrius Cox. Well they they exposed Darian Hicks in twenty fourteen and JT Barrett's coming out party. You know? So I, I was at that game. I was sitting there in the stands with my dad and we were watching it and, and Michigan State had gone up, I think it was fourteen to seven. Had a shot to um, make it twenty-one-seven or like twenty-one-ten or something like that. Um, little little shaky on that one, but you're sitting there and Michigan State has a as it picks up a first down on third and five inside the twenty, but it's called back for holding, and they ended up missing the field goal, the ensuing field goal. And JT Barrett took about two passes, I believe, and then took two passes up to the middle. Of the, they got up to midfield. Launched about a 50-yard bomb over Darian Hicks's head to an open wide receiver, and it was tied. And that's when you knew Michigan State was going to get torched the rest of the game, and they got obliterated through the air. Michigan State ended up making sort of close. They lost by about 12 points in that one. But, man, I watched JT Barrett. I knew that I knew they were going to win some sort of something that year. They were going to win the Big Ten, obviously. Oh, yeah. Man, was that – I. JT Barrett, he's gotten. It was probably it might. And Michigan State player said it this week. I think it was Chris Fry, and uh, yeah, it was Chris Fry. He said JT Barrett has played his best game of his career in fourteen at oh, yeah. Michigan State, and that he'll, you know, they they've seen him now for a couple of years, and that they think they think they can handle him, but it's still it's still JT Barrett, still a Heisman type player. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a insanely successful guy in the NFL because he he already comes from a pedigree of winning at Ohio State and I mean that doesn't really mean much that doesn't hold much stock but I mean just look at the dude that he's a freaking monster and yeah I mean (laughs) take it away Steven just looking at this game you know the one thing when I was looking at Stat comparisons was the one thing that bothered me for Michigan State to pull any sort of upset is that their red zone defense has got awful. Oh, no. Ranked 125th out of 128 teams. They give about 94% of opportunities downside the red zone. So if Ohio State, you know, Mike Weber is going to 
you know, the defensive line, I mean, they looked fine against Rutgers, but it's Rutgers. Yeah. We, we said that. I put that in a column. I mean, you can look good. Okay, you feel good. You play. You beat Rutgers. Feel good about it, I guess, in a sense. But you should beat Rutgers. And you, were spo- you should have blown them out. What they did was 49 nothing. Um, was what they were supposed to do at the beginning of the season. So, but, you know, Michigan State, or watch, will Michigan State's defensive line be able to stop Ohio State? No, not at all. I think it, even Malik McDowell, I mean, he's questionable. Will he play? They might try and play him with injury, but, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to break, you know, want to hurt the kid's ankle even more when you're, if, you know, because he could, he could go in the draft this year, if, depending on what he, what he sees and as his team coming back. But you, you can also look at it as Michigan State's defensive line just, wasn't that hasn't been that good all year? They had they don't average even they don't even average a sack a game, and so no. like they're gonna stop J T. Barrett or Mike Weber in the backfield. It's not gonna happen. Will they? Maybe will they have some stops? But think about it. I mean, um, Wilton Spate was able to throw all over Michigan State, so uh, they didn't rely on the running game as much against or Michigan didn't rely on the running game as much as at Michigan State as they have uh, in the past, and so J T. Barrett should be able to throw the ball, barring you know how good the weather is, and he, he's just gonna. He's just gonna, he's gonna roll. Ohio State should roll. Will Michigan State score some points? Probably, but not that many. I mean, Ohio State's defense is, oh boy, they're they're just as good as Michigan's, if not better, in terms of maybe some. They have probably more athletic guys. I think at certain positions. I mean, Michigan probably has the best corner in the country in um, Jordan Lewis, but I think Ohio State just has athletic guys at every defensive position. So it it might it it will probably get ugly. And I. Uh... I'm looking at the schedule right now. I think there was kind of a switch that went off the week after Ohio State lost to Penn State after uh, the Northwestern game, and it's almost like it was a complete 180 uh, against Nebraska, 62 to three against Maryland, 62 to three. That's 124 points and only giving up six points in two weeks, and who, who that's the, coming into Michigan State. It was they. Who was the first team you said? Uh, that's Nebraska. Right, and uh, probably a team Michigan State would lose to in yeah. Nebraska, but they also lost to Maryland. They lost to Maryland, so out really. <laughs> so I would not. And they lost to Northwestern. Uh, yeah, I would not expect. Going to lose to Penn State, lost to Wisconsin, lost to Indiana. Yeah, I, Mich- yeah. They, I mean, this game doesn't look good. I would, I would go and say, hey, this is the last game in Spartan Stadium. Let me take a good look at 2016 before I go drink my sorrows away if you're a Spartan fan. So... You know, then they'll go on the road and they'll play Penn State, where depending on how emotional it gets with Ohio State, they should lose that one too. But they could play spoiler um, for for Penn State, and they could play spoiler here this week. I mean, they weren't focused on that in practice. I mean, it's always in the back of people's minds, though. So um, does it mean more to some of these Ohio kids? Yeah. Um, you know, like Tyler O'Connor and LJ Scott and Chris Fry. You know, it, it means a lot to them to play Ohio State, who they grew up rooting for. I mean, Chris Fry, I think lived i think the distance between like metro detroit some metro detroit areas like novi to to how like downtown detroit so like if you live just outside columbus obviously you're going to grow up a ohio state if you live in the state of ohio it's not like you're growing up to root for the ohio bobcats oh so, yeah that's uh that's something my roommate from last year carson has always told me because his dad's from ohio and <laughs> he's like oh you, well i'm not going to root for ohio university because you know carson you've talked to him yeah i know carson <laughs> very argumentative person oh uh, he could have his own radio show even if he was wrong half the time i think people would just he tune is in wrong to, half the time that's <laughs> yeah, true i i think people would just tune in to just to get in arguments with him and he i don't think he doesn't concede arguments very often so it'd be i think that would be a special treat for people but um 
that's pretty much it. Michigan State does not have the offense to stack up with Ohio State in any which way you look at it. They're, um, Ohio State's just bigger all over all over the field. They, there's no – I'm beating a dead horse here, but Michigan State really will not be able to compete with Ohio State. Can it be possible? I mean, everything's possible. They did it in 1998. Is it possible? No. This year, I don't, I don't think so. Is it possible? There's always that inkling of possibility, but I would not expect it this weekend. Oh, yeah. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little MSU basketball and take it from there. Welcome back to the State News Sports Podcast. Stephen Oshansky here alongside Casey Harrison on this Friday afternoon. And we just we just discussed Michigan State getting beat down by Ohio State, the eminent beat down and some retribution for uh, good old Uncle Urban there. But speaking of an already blowout, which could be an ugly week for Michigan State Spartan fans in terms of you know beat downs and whatnot with Kentucky laying about, what, a 21 spot on Michigan State? I think it was about 20 points in that one. Yeah. 69-48. You know what? I want to talk about that a little bit. There's no, I, I'm not going to call it a moral victory because it's not. There are no such things as a moral victory. There are no defeats with dignity. Yes, we uh, we've we've gone over that. But uh, you shouldn't really take that much stock in losing by 20 to Kentucky. Kentucky is probably my bid right now to win the national title. And Already, uh, yes. Uh, you heard it here. For, for, you heard it here two first, games everybody. into the season, and Casey Harrison is uh, going to say that John Calipari is going to win another national yes. title with a bunch of freshmen again. Um, um, all right, buddy. Still though, I mean, curb your enthusiasm, sir. <laughs> um. But yeah, <laughs> Kentucky, absolutely great so far. Uh, from right. the, look at look at look at that game with. Just how it kind of played out, and, and Miles Bridges was disappointing. Yeah, I mean they almost hit half their free throws, or I'm sorry, half their total field goals against Michigan State. They were 23 for 60, and eight blocks. I just, Michigan, <laughs> State. Michigan State had 20 turnovers. Let that sink in. I mean they out rebounded Kentucky by four, and that's I mean that's a good sign of progress. They handle the ball really well. They just have to get a handle on the turnovers and the fouls too, really. They had 20 fouls against Kentucky. And when you give up free points like that, then it really hurts you in the end. Yeah, um, um, I mean, like watching that game, just they, they couldn't stop. I think they, they couldn't stop shooters again, which was their downfall last year. Some at, in some games with, I mean, Malik Monk hit what? Yeah, he was seven of eleven three pointer. Mm-hmm. He like was eight for seventeen from the field, and seven of those were three point shots. Uh, I, I remember watching him hit like four in a row or three in a row or something in early stages of that first half, and I knew at that point that it was pretty much done. That was not going to be Michigan State's game. I mean, oh yeah. When you when you're when your biggest guy is Kenny Goins, who is a walk on. I mean, you're gonna it, ha- you're gonna have a hard time. I mean, he's still gains. he's good, but he's, he's good, he, but he doesn't even have that much size to him. Right. The, I mean, he's, he's just he, tall. He's tall, yeah. obviously, but he's he still has a lot of growing to do. He's six foot six. I mean, he to play your big is 
asking a little much of them, and that's because they're kind of depleted for depth right now. Oh, well, yeah. They're missing Gavin, and they're missing Ben Carter, who'd play off the bench. And, uh, I, I mean, even you still have to find an identity um, for the rest of your team. Like, Matt McQuaid, he had a good game against Arizona, but he was only one for six <laughs> in Kentucky. Um, and, and they were all three points. Yeah, I Every shot he's made this year has been from the three. And, it, I mean, he's like Bryn, but let Bryn could give you better than one for six. And a part of that, though, is the Kentucky defense. I mean, it obviously they forced eight blocks, and Michigan State turned the ball over 20 times. So I mean, I watched one play where I think somebody had grabbed a rebound, and they just ripped it right out of his hand. Oh, yeah. And so, like, you knew Kentucky, like, they remind me of Alabama, where they just play instinctual ball. Yeah. Where there's no, um, it's just it just seems like pure instinct that they play on. Yeah, and it, it, Michigan State seems to. Yeah, I, it's always with Michigan State teams they always try and play methodically, <laughs> and um, you know there seems to be a lot of thinking in Michigan State basketball teams and a lot of thinking in um, Michigan State football teams. And then you look at you know like Alabama's and Kentucky's and these players just play. Purely by having, they, I mean, they just they just flat out play. Like, there's no thinking in their games. I mean, they spend spend time on film and things like that, but it's just pure instinct. And so, watching like Kentucky kind of just roll over or just run over Michigan State. I mean, wasn't was I surprised by it? Not really. Not with what Michigan State had lost. And and I mean, Deonta Davis. Yeah, would that have helped? Yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, but um, you know, you're gonna need more scoring from guys like Nairn. And guys like Aaron Harris. I mean, Aaron Harris. Like Aaron Harris, he what thirteen minutes? You're gonna you're gonna sit if you can't perform. Oh and yeah. So I'm not surprised by it at all. And I uh, I I was talking about this in one of my classes, uh, one of my sports classes, and having guys like Josh Langford and Cassius Winston, they need to get into the mix a little bit more. They need to have a couple more minutes a game. They're gonna need the youth. Yeah, because Tom Tom and Aaron can start. But I think a lot of it comes from confidence. I mean, look, high school ball is one thing, and you can dominate your high school. And, like, Cassius Winston dominated Michigan high school basketball. Michigan high school basketball isn't California high school basketball or Chicago high school basketball or, you know, like New York college or high school basketball or Indiana high school basketball. Look, Cassius Winston can be Michigan's Mr. Basketball and things like that. Michigan State's had some, or the state of Michigan's had some good, you know, Mr. Basketballs before. But you know, when you when you look at it, they they just got they a lot of the high school game and the college game are just flat out different. Oh yeah, it's it's pure speed in college basketball. And that's any stage, any anywhere you move up among the ranks of of sports is just Michigan State's or the state of Michigan's. High school sports don't usually rank up very high with other states. So, like, if you can dominate in this league, doesn't mean you're going to dominate college basketball. So, it, it's just a different game, and I think a lot of that comes with time. I mean, Miles Bridges is good. Obviously, that game's not representative of his talent. Neither is, Cash, neither is that game representative of Cassius Winston's talent, and he made some plays in that game. Is he going to be good? But a lot of it comes with confidence, and they just don't have it right now because, one, they've lost two straight, and they've played two of the best teams in college basketball. Yeah, so uh, obviously if you're going to take away any lesson here, it's don't make this the end of the world uh, if, if you think Michigan State's a bad team because they lost to Arizona and Kentucky. We, we said from the very get-go, don't expect to win any of – I mean, you could go through this whole gauntlet. You could not win a single game. And I, I think they can beat a Louisville. I think they can beat a Baylor. But 
to go to Duke and play Duke and upset them. I don't see that happening. Uh, It happened at a neutral site, but that was also a Kansas team that's probably a little bit better than this Michigan State basketball team currently. But let's let's move the wheel a little bit further. Um, They've got a game tonight against Mississippi Valley State, the Delta Devils. And uh, looking up and down their lineup, uh, I I don't want to say that it's going to be a blowout because (laughs) don't don't say anything and then have it happen. We've had it happen a couple times already. But this is definitely a winnable game for Michigan State. (laughs) Um, It's more than a winnable game, buddy. Oh yeah. (laughs) <laughs> if they lost to Mississippi Valley State, that's when you can start worrying. Yeah, that's that's when the dumpster uh, sets ablaze, so to speak. And uh, looking at some quick facts right here, Michigan State, this doesn't really take any stock in anything. They're 99-18 and 18 all-time in home openers uh, and 21-0 under Tom Izzo. That's right, because you never play anybody. So. Yeah, so Tom Izzo is going to get the guys ready. And, uh, boy... Yeah, like we said, frequent flyer miles, 13,600 miles in a span of 22 days. Um, that's been the tune of this whole non-conference schedule for the Spartans. But this is a team that is definitely beatable, and I expect Aaron Harris to have a fairly good game. I think that you can't – you're not asking for too much when you say that. And I, I think – Tom, he needs to step it up a little bit on the defensive side. or I'm sorry, not on the defensive side, but scoring a little bit more. Um, but he's done a very good job defensively so far. Um, yeah. Miles Bridges, as long as he doesn't have um, ten or nine turnovers like he did against Kentucky, which he probably won't. He's, this is going to be one of those games where you're going to say, wow, Miles Bridges is like a monster. And because he had a similar type game against Arizona, it's just he's. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. This guy, he's absolutely unimaginable to watch on the court, and he's going to have another really good game. Stephen, I mean, what do you think? Um, I, I don't think you can get too high on Miles Bridges, to be honest with you. I, look, look, the guy's good, and he's got good talent, but if he doesn't perform. Um, in key situations, yeah, he should put up 30 on a Mississippi Valley State, but that doesn't make him some sort of god talent. If, like if, but if, if, if you have a bunch of five-star guys, I mean, a bunch of guys in Kentucky should do the same thing. I'm not, like, not going to be awe-inspired by him dropping 30 points on Mississippi Valley State. No, honestly, you're totally I'm not gonna, right. And honestly, I'm not going to care if he does or if he doesn't. I mean, obviously, if he had two points against... Uh, Mississippi Valley State, then you worry about it. If he drops 80, I'm not going to be like, oh, wow, Miles Bridges, oh, my God. Like, it, I hated when people got so high on him against Arizona, and I was kind of glad. I'm not glad that he struggled against Kentucky, but, it, I mean, obviously you need games like that against Kentucky to, to grow a little bit. Oh, yeah. And so it, I'm not going to be awe-inspired. And, uh, look, if he, if he drops 30 consistently, he averages 30 like then I'll be inspired. And then I'll be a little excited by him. Is he a great? Has he got phenomenal talent? Yeah, but am I gonna go out there and say he's the best basketball player in college basketball? No, because he's not. It's it's just taking care of business. That's what it should be. I mean, he's expected to go out there and put up big numbers. And if he doesn't do that against Mississippi Valley State, then 
I mean, maybe and then you ask if he's going through a slump. Can he not adjust? There's a lot of things you can ask. I don't think he's going to have a trouble adjusting because obviously he's fought against Arizona. That he has the skill and the talent, but look, I'm not. Yeah, if he drops, well, next time they but they drops like twenty something on Duke, then you can be excited by it. But he hasn't. I don't. I don't know if he's changed the game. Obviously, he had a big moment in Arizona, but they still lost. So there was no game-changing moments for Miles Bridges against Arizona and I don't think I uh, you know I don't I don't know what to expect going forward from him just yet cuz you you got to you got to watch for consistency of a two-game litmus test and he looked great in one and awful in the other and those are great teams they played against so obviously you know where he can go but Arizona wasn't a complete team either Kentucky had all of their guys so you're going to have to watch and see what Miles Bridges does from there maybe it's the the big lights the flashy lights that have affected him but um We'll see how that one goes. It's going to be a homecoming, too. Uh, looking at Mississippi Valley State's schedule, game one played Northwestern, lost 94-63. to Game two played West Virginia, lost 107-66. to And then game three against Kent State, lost 93-63. to How is this a homecoming? It's the home opener, in a sense. For oh, this. you're talking about Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, oh. I should have been a little bit more like, clear and concise. Um, <laughs> homecoming for who? It's like, did they? I thought you were going to tell me like Mississippi Valley State's roster had a bunch of Michigan kids on. No, no, no. And uh, I mean, it's going to be good for the guys to actually play a game at the Breslin. Oh yeah, I mean, you you play in your home environment. I mean, it'll, it'll boost confidence. This game should not be a lot a game they lose. Or will they probably struggle on defense? Yeah, because they struggle on defense because they gave up X amount of points to Saginaw Valley State and Northwestern or Northern uh, and Northwestern Saginaw Northwood. Valley and Northwood. Yeah. So, um, will they struggle on defense again? Maybe this they turn it around. I I don't know. It's teams too early to really get a a handle on for me. Their talents there. They just haven't. They just don't know how to use it yet. Well, when we come back, picks and final thoughts coming your way. Welcome back, everybody. It's that time of the week. It is the pick segment for the national game. Steven, game number one, I'm going to go with an evening game. Number nine, Oklahoma, 8-2, and 7-0 and oh in the Big 12. Taking on number 14, West Virginia, who is 8-1 and 5-1. And and Oklahoma favored in that one by 3.5. Steven? Just as West Virginia and Texas was a good game, I'd expect this one to be a good one as well. So um, I do like Oklahoma over West Virginia because Western, West, Western Virginia, West Virginia still hasn't figured out to play defense all the way since Rich Rod. So uh, give me Oklahoma, uh, Baker Mayfield, and Oklahoma too. Just kind of run um, a good game over them. Not over them, but a good game. Um, I would I would pick Oklahoma by a, probably a touchdown in this one. Game number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have give to me pick, pick myself. Um, I, I think Oklahoma take cares of this one. Uh, they're favored by three and a half, and I, I think it might be a little bit more. Uh, I see them winning in between a field goal and a touchdown. And game number two of the national slate, uh, number 22, Washington State, going on to take on number 10, Colorado. Washington State comes into this game 8-2, and 7-0 and in the Pac-12, and uh, Colorado comes in 8-2 and two and 6-1 and one in the Pac-12. Colorado favored by five and a half points. Stephen? Um, well, you know, it's kind of tough to, to make Pac-12 teams uh, look uh, very good, but the rankings do. And Colorado, um, I don't think they're all that great, but I don't think Washington State uh, is going to beat Colorado either. So give me Colorado in this one. Uh, Casey? 
Yeah, I've got Colorado in this one. Uh, I haven't really seen much of Washington State because they're out on the West Coast. Um, but I did see Colorado play against Michigan, and hey, they got out to that 21 nothing lead, didn't they? Or 21-7, something like that. And uh, yeah, I think Colorado's got this one in the bag. They're, I don't know if they're a top-10 team per se, because uh, all the, I mean, they might be, because all the top-10 teams uh, to an extent are not really that good, except for Alabama in the top four. Um, so yeah, give me Colorado in this one. Uh, game number three. Number 23, Florida, 7-2, and 5-2 and two in the SEC. Take it on a revitalized number 16 LSU team. Uh, they're 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the SEC. LSU favored by two touchdowns. That might be generous, Stephen. Um, I would actually give you – I would actually take Florida in the upset in this one. I know it's down in Baton Rouge, and, you know, they don't lose very often down there in Death Valley. But um, I just – you know, LSU looks very good, and they've played very well recently. But something in my gut just kind of tells me Florida is going to pull this one out. So, Casey – well, uh, LSU is a really good team, and I think they're better than that number 16 shows. And uh, little known fact, I had some Popeye's chicken the oh, other day, oh and they, they pride themselves on being from Louisiana, so I got the Tigers in this one. Uh, give, me, give me the Tigers by the spread. Over to the Big Ten slate, we've got coming in a hot on this one with some ugly, awful games this week. Lopsided. Northwestern at Northwestern at Minnesota. That's a three thirty kickoff in that one. You know, Northwestern kind of having an up and down year, but Minnesota, um, you know, actually looking, they they haven't really played too many. But Casey, who you got? Uh, Minnesota, no problem. And. Okay then. Um, I'll take thank you for the analysis, here. Mr. Harrison. Um, <laughs> I, I w- I've I've seen zero of these teams play, well, so uh, you're doing your job very well, sir. Uh, give me. <laughs> why, why don't you give me your oh, expertise and analysis, Stephen? Uh, Minnesota's look good on offense. I mean, obviously, when you you have seven wins and they played it close, kind of with Nebraska as well. So uh, Northwestern has you know, uh, Josh, they're not Josh Jackson. God, wrong sport. Anyway, they've been able to run, you know, up and down on, on some certain teams. Obviously, they did against Michigan State. They're um, they're they're about as good as that five and five record shows for them. So I would I would give give me uh, Minnesota in this one. Next game on the list, we're gonna go to the varsity team over uh, Michigan, number three in the country, taking on Indiana. A tough, uh, not a tough game at all, I think, for the Wolverines. But they're without Wilton Spate. Unless you talk to Jim Harbaugh, who doesn't read doctor's reports or doesn't understand that a broken collarbone probably keeps you out for the rest of the year. But that's, that's me, Just Casey, play over to you. Tough through it. Yeah. Uh, Drink more milk. I, I want to say Michigan has this one in the bag, uh, but I have seen crazier things happen. Um, so I'm going to take Michigan in this one. I don't, I'm going to take the under, though, on the spread. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take Michigan in this one. That, that's really not – I mean, like, why – you don't really need to break that one down. Obviously, Michigan without John O'Corn or without Wilton Spate will probably be good with John O'Corn. I mean, their offense you kind of just plug and play a quarterback. They rely a lot on skill guys, whereas Michigan State's offense just relies on how good your quarterback is. So, uh, give me Michigan in that one over uh, Indiana, who will probably remove the ball uh, moderately well in Michigan because you know they they have a spread offense and Michigan's defense, uh, while as good as it is, can probably struggle here and there. I mean, Indiana would be smart if they watched the Michigan State Michigan tape. So, give me, um, yeah, give me Michigan in this one though by at least uh, twenty points. 
And then the big game of the week. The professionals in, taking on the peewees. Oh, yeah, exactly. Ohio State, 9-1, and one, coming into Michigan State in East Lansing. That's three, Michigan State, 3-7, and seven, obviously, if you paid any sort of attention. That's a noon kickoff on ESPN. I'm surprised they're showing this on ESPN because, I mean, I didn't know they were allowed to, to give you R-rated beatdowns on... on uh, <laughs> X-rated. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. That was, wow. Uh, I'm going to stick with the uh, G-rated, R-rated stance there. Um, give, give me. God damn it, Casey. Give me Michigan State to lose to Ohio State. Casey, over to you. Yeah, nice selective language there. You want to stick with the G-rating and then you drop that. Yeah, no. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's going to be a sea of red out there, uh, scarlet and gray. Steven, I want you to take a picture of that and uh, post it to your Twitter tomorrow when you're sitting up in the press box. And uh, like I said, it's going to be like Michigan's version of the Reckoning, but we've branded it Uncle Meyer's uh, Retribution. And uh, I think Ohio State's got this one no problem. Yeah, there won't be any sad pizza after this one, so give me, give me Ohio State um, to win big over Michigan State. And then let's do a bonus game. Oh, a bonus uh, game. <laughs> a little bit of Maction, uh, uh, Mac Love. College game day is coming out to Kalamazoo. Congratulations. You guys deserved it um, going undefeated and probably getting another win. Western Michigan going to take on Buffalo. Um, Steven, who you got? Uh, you know, Buffalo, that 2-8 and eight record doesn't say how good they're. Just kidding. Um, Western Michigan all the way in this one. I mean, game day picked probably the wrong week to go to Western if they are going to go there. Um, but they obviously weren't going to go win. Uh, Slappyville over in Columbus next weekend with Slappy Boy 1 and Slappy Boy 2, Michigan and Ohio State. So give me Western uh, to roll all over Buffalo. Um, I need them, too, to win some money. So give me Western. Wow. <laughs> they're uh, they're going to row the boat, and they're going to row the boat for sure. In fact, if Western Michigan loses this game, I think there's going to be some riots in Kalamazoo because um, they care about their football team, and P.J. Fleck right. has yeah. done they, an exceptional job. Yeah, they have a long history of caring about their football team over there. Yes, um, very dedicated fans out in Kalamazoo. Uh, so, Stephen, that'll wrap up our pick segment. Any final thoughts on the show? Uh, no, that we went really long today, let me tell you. So, yeah, we did. <laughs> so we apologize for our long-winded uh, conversations today. Um, have we got sidetracked weekend, a little bit. Like, it's the last game of college football in Spartan Stadium for the year, so if this you're going to go... This is the last go, time Stephen will ever get to stand in the press box? Yeah, this is my last game up in the press box as it's well. It's like so. senior day for you. Uh, no, because I'm a sophomore, but anyway. Um, you get the gist. Nope, nope it's Bot's senior day because he's an actual senior, so we're going to have him stand down on the field. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. Um, yeah, to have, enjoy college football's last day in East Lansing for this year. Um, you know, go out, get drunk before the game or something, and then go. Watch that's what Steven's gonna do. Go yeah, watch him out. You know me, tailgating. I drink in the press box always. So um, that's not that's not water in his bottle. No, no, not at all. So go um, go enjoy the last weekend of college football in East Lansing. We'll see you all on Tuesday.